we're going to share, 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 share. So this is exciting. Yeah, it's setting up the Zoom for Facebook. It takes a little while to connect. Here we are live and welcome everybody to the Entrepreneur Prayer Breakfast Club. And this is the Empowerment Talk Show with Latoya and myself. We always wait till the end. <laughs> yes, to say this for some reason. And tonight we have Dr. Astrid Bachelor from Kingston, Jamaica. Yes. And our topic tonight on the Women's Voice series is PCOS. Dr. Astrid, welcome, welcome. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I feel so welcomed. Hello, everybody out there. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. All right, so let's dive in, Dr. Astrid. I'm just going to ask you a few questions in regards to um, PCOS, and I'm sure Latoya have a host of questions as well. And for those that are watching, if you know someone that has this problem, then go right ahead and shoot your questions. And I'm sure Dr. Astrid will give you a answer, right? For those that are listening in Jamaica, we want to say thank you to Prince Data Radio. Shout out to yes. you for tuning in. So Jamaican audience, we have our own people here and we are grateful for you guys as well. So doctor, my first question to you tonight is, do you know what causes PCOS? Sorry, I didn't hear you What causes PCOS? Okay, all right. What causes PCOS? So PCOS is actually a very common condition, as you had mentioned, that most persons know somebody with PCOS. About 15% of women have it, right? Oh, wow. So what causes it? Yeah, it's quite a lot. 15% of women have PCOS. So what causes it really is that it's an imbalance of hormones in your body your reproductive hormones, as well as the hormones that control your, um, your metabolism of sugars, right? It's sort of a chicken and egg kind of story mm -hmm. where they're not sure whether it's the ovaries that's causing this dysregulated um, levels in your hormones, or if it's actually the, the intolerance, the glucose intolerance, that's a sugar intolerance that's causing the disorder with the ovaries. So they're not sure which started the situation, whether it was the ovaries or your sugar metabolism, but both are actually affected um, in polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it's a lot more complicated than persons think. A lot of people think of PCOS as just being a problem of the ovaries, a problem of the hormones, um, and it causing irregular periods. And of course, for a lot of women, um, it can cause infertility. So they find out that they have PCOS, but there's actually a lot more going on with PCOS than just that. Um, it can affect your metabolism of sugars, it can affect your cholesterol levels, which of course then can lead to issues like cardiac and, and um, heart disease in women. So in a lot of young girls, they're very right. concerned about their PCOS. Right, because they're concerned about, of course, their periods, they're concerned about their fertility, um, or they're concerned about what we call hirsutism in medicine, which is that, you know, very annoying growth of hair on the face, on the abdomen, basically in areas women don't want hair to grow or hair doesn't usually grow in women, right? 
Right. Um, so for a young girl, that's their big concern with PCOS. But this condition spans the entire reproductive um, lifestyle. So basically from your 14 years old till you're in your 50s and you're going to menopause, you can have PCOS. And so for the older women, no, you know, that's when we're more worried about the other things, about the glucose intolerance, which can lead to your diabetes, oh. um, the issues with the cholesterol, issues with the cardiac disease. And what a lot of people don't know too is that PCOS can actually cause an abnormal overgrowth of the lining of your uterus, right? Oh. Called endoperplasia. And if this goes unnoticed and untreated, it can actually cause endometrial or womb cancer as well in women. So there's a lot more than meets the eye with PCOS. Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. That's from very personal <laughs> disorder to know about, right? I hope I didn't scare anybody out there. It's a very personal disorder know about and be aware of right i have i had to I'm i sure had to some read. Have some questions now after i led with that <laughs> i had to i literally had to breathe because i never knew that pcos affects like the endometrial wall right i didn't even know i that. didn't know that i thought that endometriosis affects the endometrial wall so I learned something new right I, me too like I have no I had I didn't have any clue about that so this is why we have Dr. Oh, Astrid here <laughs> <laughs> to answer our question so Dr. Astrid I heard you say that if it can affect our cholesterol level as well as our sugar level can you debate a little bit more on that um, as to young women like our age that we go to the doctor mm -hmm. we don't see any signs of diabetes right. or any kind of cardiac issues but how do you know that there's a transition in the body if you don't go to get checked right okay so a lot of persons metabolic disorders can be quite silent in a lot of persons especially in young women right so especially if you're young and you're thin, you don't particularly think that you're going to have issues with your sugar metabolism or with cardiac disease or with cholesterol. And that's why it's actually so important that you do go for your regular well woman checks, your annual checks with your doctors to get your blood work done just to see how you're doing. Because other than that, a lot of the times we don't know and a lot of these things do go unchecked. I mean, as a young person, these things can right. take years before they actually manifest as a physical problem that you're having. A lot of persons go to the doctor and it's a doctor, you know, on a random visit to the doctor that you find out that you have hypertension or, you know, that your sugar levels are high, right? Am I right? Right, so right. The only way to really, you know, get at these things early is prevention, which is better than cure, which is actually going for those annual visits with your doctor just to check up on your health status. Um, so outside of, it's always good, as you were mentioning, if you're young and you had PCOS, how do you know about these other things going on? If you do know that you have PCOS, 
your doctors should always be on the lookout as a part of your testing to actually test for these things as well. So when my patients come in and I've diagnosed them with PCOS, I do educate them on the other side, the dark side of the disease right. um, or the disorder and let them know that, you know, they need to also be checking for these things as well. I feel that, um, you know, growing up, I, so I don't know if Camille told you ahead of time or not, but I have, I was diagnosed with PCOS maybe like a good 14, 15 years ago. And um, for me, I think the, the, we weren't educated about what PCOS is. And uh, I think a lot of females, you said it's a good 15% of the, you know, the population that is, that suffers from it and mm -hmm. is not aware so for me, it started with just the facial hair and the irregular, the irregular period. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was just, you know, it's just, it happens. It's no biggie. It will eventually fall in line as I grew up, but it never did over time. Mm -hmm. And that was when I went and I, and I got checked and I, and it's, and so I feel like that the, the, the society needs to be educated, especially with in schools for the younger girls. So their parents can be aware of this ahead of time so we can try to do whatever is necessary because I know there are a lot of different treatments that we can take so I'm still trying to wrap my <laughs> head around the entire thing Dr. Astrid because of the simple fact that when I started having my periods back home in Jamaica they took me to at the time it was Yui. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember my aunt saying to the doctor, what causes her to have these menstrual, severe menstrual cramps? And then I migrated here to the United States when I got to 25 after I got married oh, wow. and got to St. Francis, I realized that I suffered from endometriosis. So for me, mm -hmm. it was just a thing of research, research. But tonight I'm realizing that PCOS can actually tie into endometriosis which then turns into some kind of cancer i am no getting that yeah <laughs> so dr astrid mm -hmm. please enlighten especially our jamaican population of women on what it takes to care for your body when you're in that position what steps should we take from beginning to end, what should we do, especially as young women? Because um, there are so many of us, right? And we are so okay. ashamed of sharing our story that we don't want to say anything. What do you suggest? Right. So one of the things that I like to dispel are these myths of things that are normal and abnormal so as you said as, as a young girl growing up sometimes you know you've had these abnormal periods and some persons just think oh you know it might be normal to have abnormal periods and so yeah, they right. don't ever you know, talk about it they don't take their daughters to the doctor um, treat themselves at home or you know there a lot of things that Jamaicans like to say I'm watching it right um, yes. so it is true that in the first few years that a girl starts to see her period, they can actually have irregular periods. Up to about the first right. three years, periods can be irregular and that can be considered normal. 
But if you're noticing that your daughter has been having troublesome periods in terms of when she does get her period, it's extremely long and very heavy. Um, she's bleeding a lot. Or you notice that she's now having these irregular periods with excessive symptoms of pain um, or, or it's going beyond three years. At this point, that's when you need to take the child to the doctor to be examined to find out what could be going on because other than it just being you know normal for her at this stage to have these types of periods a lot of other conditions can be happening as well one she could have pcos as we spoke about she could have endometriosis it could also be issues of other hormone that she can have it could be a thyroid hormone issue as well causing them to have these periods so i usually tell mothers, young women, you know, for your teenage daughters that you're noticing that it's been four years, three or four years that she's not having regular cycles. She's having, you know, excess weight gain. You're noticing the features of the hair or you're noticing that her periods are just very heavy or they're very painful. This is a concern to bring up. And I actually advocate that once a girl is, has started menstruating, this is when she should initiate her relationship with a gynecologist because that totally first visit, ideally for education purposes, you know, getting comfortable with having a relationship with a female health physician, that's one. So she's not afraid of going to the gynecologist years to come when it's time to do your pap smear and they're afraid of, of the gynecologist. But also it sets the precedent of her reproductive health the gynecologist gets to be the one to tell her about what's normal, you know, right. you have to start having some conversations about reproductive health, about sexual health. And no, it's not too early in 2020 when our daughters know everything by the internet, right? Right. <laughs> Taking her to a doctor to get some reliable factual information mm -hmm. instead of allowing the world to teach her. Right. Um, is a good thing. And most of these sessions are very educational for both the child and the mother a lot of the time, right? So I usually implore them to start this relationship early. They don't have to go every year, right? But at least when it is that they're starting the cycle and usually they come back for a check-in in about two years, see how things are going, has her cycle become real, how is she developing as well? Um, what is her body image at this point in time what's her mental image her emotional image towards being a, a, a teenager and a developing woman um, at this point in time so I usually start those conversations I love to start those conversations very early and we just dispel myths you know before they before they start and of course when you do that as well you start to catch problems early and then you can correct them early as well so that's my approach usually, catch them when they're young. Now for other women who come in now, when they come in these problems, right? My approach after that with the treatment of PCOS and endometriosis is what is our goal at this point in time with our older women, my 18s and, and older, right? Is it, I have to find out from them what, what are your ability goals? Because that that basically at this point in time is gonna change the way that we approach the treatment, right? If it is that you're telling me you want to get pregnant now, my treatment for your PCOS and your endometriosis would be different from a woman who's not planning to get pregnant right now, or a woman who is having difficulty 
getting pregnant, right? So it changes just depending on where you are in your life cycle, your approach to management can be different. But in my PCOS patients, whether they're trying to get pregnant or not, one of the mainstay parts of treatment of PCOS is the utilization of medications. I'm sure you've heard of metformin before. Um, yeah. It's a drug that increases your sensitivity to your insulin, basically. And that's one of the biggest things with PCOS. I was telling you earlier that it was a chicken and egg story, whether right. it was the reproductive hormones versus the, the sugar metabolism hormones, which one, which one became abnormal first, we're not sure, right? But we do know that the use of these insulin stabilizations or sensitizing medications has definitely improved the um, the treat has improved the the hormonal imbalances in persons with PCOS. So we usually advocate for the use of these medications. There are other things such as lifestyle modifications. That yes, I so want to important. learn about that. The holistic approach. <laughs> the lifestyle modification so we have found that about 60 percent of women who have pcos are overweight all right that's the truth that's one of them not everybody right 60 percent are overweight they were either overweight before the diagnosis or the condition has caused them to put on a lot of weight or put on some i have a question dr astrid does it does it cause you to gain weight Yes, it can. So the condition itself okay. can cause you to gain weight. So because of that same issue with the disorder in your sugar metabolism, it can yeah. cause you to actually put on weight, right? Okay. So okay. we do find that 60% of persons at the time of diagnosis are already overweight when they're diagnosed with PCOS and they can continue to put on weight after that, right? Okay. So one of the lifestyle modifiers that we tell our patients is that we should aim to lose weight, right? right? And it can be hard sometimes with PCOS to lose weight on your own because of the same issue with your sugar metabolism, right? Which is why we use sometimes the tablets, the metformin to assist us with the insulin sensitization, right? So we have better sugar control. Yeah, but I tell patients that weight loss is very important with PCOS. Yeah, okay. And what they have found is that the target weight loss, ideally, is about ten percent of your body weight. Wow. Right. So a lot of persons have a vast improvement in their symptoms of PCOS when they have taken off about ten percent of their body weight. So depending on where you start at, I try to give my patients a, a six-month target to lose about 10% of their body weight, right? And one of the important ways our contributors to this weight loss should actually be through exercise. Of course, right. diet is important with weight loss. But for PCOS, they've shown that exercise, the movement of muscle is very important with regulating carbohydrate control. And so exercise should become a part of your treatment with PCOS as well. So, so I know, go, 
Sorry. I know for me, um, I, 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 I went the holistic way. I, well, about a, almost, almost about six months now. I went the holistic mm-hmm. way. And they, she does emphasize exercise that it really helps to regulate the hormones and she just to regulate, as you said, the insulin in your body. So that, that's, that is definitely, I, I can say yes, definitely that has worked so far for me. It's so good. <laughs> but for not just for PCOS, but in life in general, exercise is very important. Right. Right. So um, so eating right, exercising, get rid of some excess um, fat that we have definitely improves um, your PCOS profile, right? So with PCOS, we usually say that there is no cure. It can't really be cured, right? But what you can do is to manage it better, a lot better, right? So these are the interventions that we make. So the diet and exercise, um, weight loss, if if possible. I know there are some persons out there saying, but I'm slim. (laughs) Why should I lose weight? So persons like that, right? So persons like that, I would say, okay, for you, we're working on your exercise, building up your muscles, right? Your muscle mass would be important for those persons. Um, So another area now that I can tap into about PCOS, the same control of your reproductive hormones, right? Some persons now, we may have to put them on the oral contraceptive tablets on hormonal control to assist Okay, Um, we're getting the hormones in a correct cycle, in a normal cycle. Now, this will also help with regulating the menstrual, the periods, right? The monthly periods, getting you to have a regular monthly period. And this can also help with the excessive hair that you may experience. So some person, the women who complain about the hair to the face and the hair to the abdomen, or just the thickened hair in general, um the oral contraceptive tablets or hormones can also assist with this also some people may also complain about loss of hair from their head as in women will say that they're having thinning to their hair Um, hair is falling out the hormones can also assist with those issues too so the, oh, so it's the, really a, it's really a, a egg and chicken situation right because it goes you, you just don't know what, just which don't know way it swings. It might swing. affect one woman with like excessive hair and another one with excessive weight gain. So there's no real way of how things swing with this. Um, right. Wow. Don't, this you don't, that's the thing. That's the interesting thing about syndromes. It's called polycystic ovarian syndrome, meaning that there are a lot of things going on at the same time, right? So not everybody is going to get all the features of this syndrome. Um, for the criteria, actually the criteria is called Rotterdam criteria that we use to diagnose persons. And the three things are in this criteria. Now there's so many other aspects of PCOS, but to diagnose it, we use three main things. One, the person is having irregular cycles. So she's missing periods some months, possibly having heavy periods um, after a long time of not having periods, right? So that's one thing. So she have irregular periods. Two, there's a possibility that when you do your ultrasound, you have what we call polycystic ovarian morphology. 
meaning that on the ultrasound, we see multiple cysts on the ovaries, right? And then the third thing is that you have signs or features of elevated levels of testosterone. And oh. all that means is that if you do a blood test, the testosterone levels are high or it's signs or features, meaning the excess facial hair, weight gain, loss of hair on the head. Those are features of elevated male hormone in your body, wow. right? So you only need two, two of these three things to make the diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome. So as you were saying, Brian, you don't know all the time which way the pendulum will swing. So you can have two women with, you know, two sets of totally different issues, but they both have polycystic ovarian syndrome, right? Wow. Well, Dr. Astrid, thank you so, so much tonight. We have learned so much in the, in the 28 minutes that you have been speaking with us. I, I mean, it seems that long. It seems, it that seems long. like you've been here but, for five but, minutes, but <laughs> I've learned so much. So, I feel like there's so much more there's to learn so much about more to polycystic ovarian syndrome. There, it, I know there's, it, it, it's so broad. You've just given us like the right. tip of the iceberg on this tonight, because I know this is like just for a tip of the iceberg, really, yes. And it's I know for a lot of, of yeah, I know for a lot of women that they think with polycystic ovarian syndrome that they can never get pregnant. But hey, guys, I'm the living proof that it happens. It is possible. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> so women with polycystic ovarian syndrome can very much get pregnant. And so, I mean, sometimes it may be more difficult to get pregnant and we might right. have to put you on treatments before you get pregnant. Um, and the treatments can be, as I said, in either lifestyle modifications. I have patients who the weight loss was all they needed. No medication, right? Wow. Just the weight loss and they come back pregnant. Um, some so Dr. Astrid, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big thing in Jamaica for women to recognize and realize that they have um, the PCOS happening in their lives and they're admit actually admitting to it that oh, that's happening yeah. that's good that's one of the most common questions that i get from patients how wow, do i wow. have pieces and how do i treat it right so it's actually one of the areas of conversation that i love to have and i love to encourage women that they can most certainly one pcos is common so you're not alone two it's definitely treatable right? It's treatable. Three, you can get pregnant. You may need assistance from the doctor, but you can definitely get pregnant. And lastly, I like to tell patients that sometimes because they believe they can't get pregnant, they don't use contraception. And so they get these surprise pregnancies because somebody told them they could not get pregnant, right? So you still need to use <laughs> contraception planning and getting pregnant. Yes. <laughs> you still need to use contraception even if you have PCOS okay so um someone has a comment here let me read it out 
a friend of mine, hey Toshiba, she said, yes, I have PCOS and that's my issue. I don't want to be on medication. So um, Dr. Astrid, what would be your suggestion to Toshiba right now? If she doesn't want to be an, um, apart from dieting and exercising, which I know she's doing. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear the last part. This was Toshiba, she didn't want to do what? She said, I don't want to be on medication. Okay. All right. So as I was mentioning earlier, hi, Toshiba, by the way. All right. So you had mentioned that you don't want to be on medication. So I would start off lifestyle modifications for you. And some women, that's all they need, tweaks in the lifestyle to improve their symptoms, right? So I would start off with what was mentioned that diet and exercise and a loss of about 10% of your body weight would be ideal. That would be a great place to start your treatment of PCOS. Okay, Tashiba, thank you for that, that comment. Let's see if anyone else have any comments. Uh, that, Dr. Astrid, for what can you talk about, like the type of meats that we eat? Because I know for me, I switch completely to seafood. Uh, what about the chicken, the pork, the oxtail? What can you say about those type of meat as far as it affects PCOS? Why? Okay. <laughs> so diet definitely can affect... Um, PCOS. One of the things is that with your PCOS, you're having overproduction of things like your estrogens, right? So definitely yes. if you're eating foods that have been um, or they've been modified in certain ways to have higher fat contents, there's a lot of estrogen in your in fat, basically. So if you're eating foods that, have, that are fattier, like your porks with the heavy fat, I know that's what makes it taste so great <laughs> sometimes. Um, or you're eating other things like your soy products that all have these phytoestrogens in them as well. This could also worsen your PCOS. Now, everything in, modi modi um, in, everything in moderation. So I'm not really telling moderation. anybody to, you know, right to take things out of their diet in entirety but just to be aware that there are some foods that you know are fattier than others so they would have elevated amounts of estrogen um, and foods that also naturally have estrogens in them that could worsen your pcos if you are taking a lot of these foods in at a time so everything in moderation though that's that's the key to really okay <laughs> breathe Camille I'm breathing I'm, I am breathing but my thing is this is just it's like when I first found out about endometriosis and its side effects I was like okay I can yeah <laughs> but this one is like whoa there's so much, there's so to much to learn so Dr. Astrid for those that are watching and tuning in from Jamaica, we have the lovely Dr. Astrid Bachelor from Kingston, Jamaica, live right here on Prince Data Radio in Jamaica, as well as on the Entrepreneur Prayer Breakfast Club and Send Kids. For those that will tune in tomorrow in Africa, thank you so much. Dr. Astrid, thank you so, 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 so much. And how can we reach you um, in, in Jamaica? Jamaica? So when we travel, we could come see. <laughs> it was my pleasure. Um, if anyone has any questions that they'd like to ask me, 
um, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. My handle is Dr. Astrid Bachelor. Also, you can email me. My email address is drastridbachelor at gmail.com. Um, I also have a Facebook page. Um, and it's the same thing, Dr. Astrid Bachelor. <laughs> um, I find that it's easier to reach me on my Instagram as well as my email. Okay. So, so Dr. Astrid Bachelor. Yes. Okay. And for those of you in Jamaica who, you know, you come and get further information or you want to have a health consult about PCOS or any other gynecologic issues, I am found at Femcare Pregnancy and Gynecology Center. That's in Kingston. Um, can I, should I give my phone number? My Sure, you here? can. And then we'll, we sure. will also yes? post it. Yes. Okay, right. And it's on my Instagram, my information. And I also practice at Gynae Associates as well in Kingston and Portmore. What is your phone number? It's 630. Okay. 1240. That's my practice in Kingston, Femcare Pregnancy and Gynecology Center. Femcare Pregnancy. Wow. Lord have mercy. So Dr. Astrid, we're looking forward to part two. <laughs> Whenever you're available Whenever again. you're available again to educate us on these, because I believe that we have been silent for so long. Our generation have been silent for so long and beyond. Is you know, the millennials, they're not afraid to say what's on their mind. Um, they just say it. But we are really grateful for you to take your time tonight and share with us and educate us on what PCOS is. If you're a female out there around the world and you're listening to Dr. Astrid, do me a favor, inbox her on Instagram, Dr. A-S-T-R-I-D, Bachelor, DM her and ask her any questions that you may have because second, third, and fourth opinions are always great. great. <laughs> and follow the little point she gave you, diet and exercise, exercise. Yes. yes, and stay positive. All right, Dr. Astrid, thank yes. you so, so much. And we thank will talk you. after yes. this live. Yes. Say that again. It was my pleasure being here. Thank you so much for inviting me tonight. <laughs> So feel free to contact me any other time. <laughs> I'd be more than happy to come on and and um, continue this conversation. Yes, oh, great. We great. need it. Yes. We need it. We definitely need it. Thank you so so Thank much. Thank you. Wow, this is just a learn like a whole new learning experience. For I, us. Was, I think I've learned um, so much tonight from Dr. Astrid. Let me go back to the Zoom. I've learned so, so much.